1: If you like this episode, consider subscribing
0: to the Happy Brain podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get
1: your podcasts. Everything you want is on the other side of play. But how in the world do you make time to go out and play? You're a grown up. You're in the middle of the adulting life. Listen, I feel you. But man, there's a thing that's occurred over and over and over again in our almost 50 episodes of the show so far. Can you believe it? It's the importance of play on your mental health. So it's time y'all, it's time to reignite our imagination, find time for play, make your brain happy. Welcome to another episode of Happy Brain. My name is Heather Parody and thank you for joining us as we explore the fun side to mental health by digging into the simple hacks and fun tips to make your mental health journey more enjoyable and your brain a little happier. What's up, y'all? Welcome to today's episode of Happy Brain. If this is your first time listening, I'm so grateful for you. My name is Heather Parody. I am your host. Today, we're going to be talking with Steve Ricks, who is the CEO of Imagine That, about how we can reignite our imagination and find the time for play. But if you're new around here and you're like, what's going on? We look at outside-of-the-box ways to keep your brain happy. So I invite you to hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to this. We keep it short, we keep it sweet, and we have a lot of fun. I want to give a big shout out to Reem66047 who left us this super kind review that said fun and scientific. Heather is great to listen to. She has an amazing way of making science and research fun. I listened to her during rush hour traffic and it makes the time fly by. Reem66047, that absolutely made my day and made me laugh a little bit. Because if there's one person who is the most unscientific human in the world, it's me. So it's ironic that that's what you're pulling from this. I always struggled with science and research, but that's kind of what we wanted to do here. Make things more accessible, fun, light, implementable. Is that a word? Let's say it's a word because mental health is so important. I love the topic. So I'm grateful that you enjoyed it. And hey, if you haven't done so yet, would you take a moment? Would you? Leave us an honest review. I'll give you a shout out. And that's it. Okay, let's get into this, y'all. So Steve, again, is over Imagine That, which uses its behavioral technology to support personal and professional development. He has over 30 years of experience in startups, emerging companies, et cetera, et cetera. Why in the world is he passionate, though, about play, reigniting imagination, returning to that childlike sense of wonder? You're about to find out. But Steve, tell me, tell us. How do we reignite our imagination?
0: Inviting imagination to be present with an adult may be harder than getting water from a rock or blood from a turnip for a lot of people. But the way we go about that is we plant little seeds or we instigate possibility by activating the core element that exists in every human being. When we were born, we were born with a sense of curiosity. We wanted to taste, touch, feel. That's why as parents, we were taking rocks and dandelions out of our kids' mouths, right? Because sensory desire loves to explore and be curious until it doesn't. The, The first thing I suggest to anyone and everyone who wants to reclaim their imagination, a lot of people are creative and there's a distinction between the two. We can talk about it later. But being imaginative is that space where I go past the body of knowledge that's already in my head. And when I'm young, there's nothing in there. So I'm just loading up. So we highly encourage people to use what we call states of play, or play states. The premise is this, every human being likes to play, there are eight archetypes of play. And as soon as I find mine, Then it gets possibility thinking. It could be anything from watching a YouTube video on sailing around the world, and it activates fantasy, and people project themselves somewhere. It could be doing something as simple as using one of my favorite play states, tactile stimulation. You take something that has touch and visual feedback. Where I grew up with Slinkies, they were metal. Now they're bright colors, right? And this relaxes intensity. So number one thing I say to people, find a way that you naturally play and play with your play. And that opens the eye gate, if you will, of imagination.
1: A common barrier to everything Steve is talking about. I completely agree. I'm sure you do too. But y'all, y'all. Who has the time for all this?
0: Um, I started a social experiment on Facebook and, and your listeners are welcome. It's an open group. Nobody has to approve anyone. And it's called the fun frequency. And I get it. We, life is full of the I don't have times. And yet I'm a passionate believer that everything every human being wants is on the other side of play. Oftentimes people say it's on the other side of the fear. Well, play is that thing that gives me courage to move through fear until I'm so loaded up with fear because the constructs as a child that are given to me say I should be afraid of everything. Well, before I'm afraid of everything, I'm afraid of nothing. Here's the simple answer I can give people. Play is the one thing I know. There's lots of ways to access imagination. Lots. We could talk about yoga and breathing and cooking and, and healthy sex and singing. I mean, hiking, lots of ways. But the only thing that takes no time, no space, no money. I can have it instantly. I can play right now. So when I characterize play for your audience, Heather, one of the things I really wanna suggest is, I'm not saying you gotta go to an amusement park. Um, you gotta go to an improv club. I'm not saying you have to like go in the backyard, put your swimsuit on and dive in the pool and like make an event of it. Play can be something so instantaneous and so in a moment. When I travel, I travel with a little tub of Play-Doh. Actually, I travel with a lot of toys. I know that probably sounds awkward, but maybe the listeners will get it. The premise is that play is not something that has to take time. For those of us who've gotten our lives so measured and so serious, it may take intention to experiment with play, but that's what that whole fun frequency challenge is. It's it's saying to people all summer long, if just for five minutes a day, you said, all right, I'm going to play. I'm not going to bed before I play. Even if that means I go outside the last five minutes of my day and I, you know, skip down the street or I sing a song or I watch a cartoon. So I want to make sure that frames there, because if people are serious about a bigger, better life, the invitation I'm giving is five minutes a day. Play saves the day. Just five minutes.
1: I was curious. I was curious. How do I know that I have entered into a state of play?
0: Oh, I love that question, Heather, and here's why: because play, by its very nature, takes us into a place I call the Iz, uh, which is just short for the imagination zone. But I hashtag a lot of stuff in the Iz, right? Like play is an actual altered state, and science tells us this. Behind the bridge, right here, is what we call the pineal gland, and the pineal gland um just um, secretes something called DMT or diethyltryptoline which is used, interestingly enough, or or secreted most rather, at birth, at death, and when we are using our imagination or in a playful state. Interesting, right? And it is that like creative juice that flows through us. So like when I am in a play state, I'm going to feel altered. And by altered, I mean a euphoria. Uh, We can use the street term high, but I'm getting high on my own supply, if you will, right? Four things show up. When I'm in a play state, I'm selfless. I'm timeless, and I'm effortless, and it's filled with richness. It's kind of an acronym, STIR, but with an E. So I get stirred up, and those are four great hallmarks that I'm in a play state.
1: Steve, how's this made your brain happy? Two major
0: things. Uh, Ten years ago, I was going through a divorce um it was a second marriage, and I thought it was the one that would last forever, and, and, and it ended very abruptly. And um, I, had, at the time, had lived in Arizona, and I basically said goodbye, packed my bags, and I moved to Hawaii. And I said, I'm either going to find a way to be happy, or I'm going to die on the beach of malnutrition. <laughs> like, I just invested everything into the premise that I deserved to be happy. So I was sitting on the beach one day, kind of knees curled up, doing that little, you know, pose of poochy lip, poor me, why did my marriage end? Two little kids came up to me and they said, hey, mister, you want to play? And their parents were down the beach a little saying, oh, we're so sorry. But they came up, Heather, with this such unfettered invitation, I couldn't resist. And it took me down a pathway to the first coach I had ever hired now almost 20 years ago, my second session. I'm paying the guy $500 a half hour. Maybe it was an hour. But Otto made me play with Legos. <laughs> I'll never forget this. I'm not paying you to play. He said, oh, quite contraire, right? So what I take from those lessons is that the way play makes my brain happy is it basically becomes the eye of the hurricane called everybody else's life. Because self-management is all I'm responsible for. But many people in life have a real hard time with self-management. And because by nature, I'm a giver and I love to work and support and helping others. I've got an open eye gate, an open ear gate, an open heart. play becomes that place that I can access peace in an instant. And that's Mm. how it makes my brain happy.
1: Big thank you to Steve for coming on today's episode. Make sure you connect with him at Imagine. That intl.com com that is linked in the show notes, along with the fun frequency challenge over on Facebook. Just click the show notes. You'll find all the links there. Before we go, I had to ask him any last thoughts.
0: Yesterday I got up on Monday. I was all excited about my day. And I, and by the way, just fast background, I'm a go getter. I grew up in Boston. I'm a hustler, right? work, 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 work. And about a month ago, someone who introduced us, Lane said to me, Steve, isn't it kind of funny that you're grinding it out 60 to 80 hours a week to teach people how to play their life to happiness? Man, Heather, that hit me right in the heart, square between the eyes. And so for the last month, my personal journeys experiment has been technically work less, play more, but my work is play. So what's here's on my mind that play or rather work is a derivative of play. It's not different Mm. from Mm. like the opposite of work isn't play. The opposite of play is depression. So when Mm. I am playing, I am industrious. So Mm. the last thought I leave people that one thought for today is begin to play with the dance of your story about how you create your way to be in this world. Because if you bring play to it, I think work will begin to feel a whole lot more fun. And especially for your listening audience who's responsible for the well-being of others, whether it's HR departments, managers, leaders, how important to create a container that feels more like a sandbox than an assembly line, more like a playground than a processing center.
1: So whether it's asking yourself what happiness really means, deciding not to work out, or just making some time for play, I hope you take a moment for yourself today, my friends, and make that brain of yours happy. Thank you for listening to another episode of Happy Brain. If you enjoyed this, make sure you hit that subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you have an extra second, leave us an honest review over on iTunes or your Apple podcasting app. And until next time, my friends, keep that brain of yours happy.